Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. All right, everybody, come on. Now let's have everybody stand to your feet and shout for Jesus this morning. Come on, because, because he's in the house. He's in the house. All right, come on, one more time. If you love Jesus, let's make some noise this morning. Yeah. Stay standing, just, stay standing just for a second. I don't always do this, but I want to pray uh, this morning standing uh, because I want us to have an active posture as we go into uh, this, to this message this morning. And I know that God's already been moving. And uh, man, Pastor Terrence and Julia, uh, your worship team, can we just thank them this morning for, wow. Amazing. Just bringing us into the presence of Jesus. Amen. All right, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your grace. Lord, we love you so much. I thank you, Father, for all that you have done. I thank you for all that you're doing. I pray for this house. I pray for the pastors, the leaders of the house. I pray, Father, that there would be a blessing on this house. Lord, I thank you for your grace during this last season. And Jesus, we love you so much today. I pray that you'd bless every church, every church in the metro area around this building, every church within 50 miles. I pray, Lord, you'd bless them, every congregation, every worship song being sung, every pastor preaching, because we're believing, Father, for a great move of God in the days ahead. We're believing for the whole city, for every church to experience revival. Bible. And Father, this morning, we give you the glory, we give you the honor and the praise. Bless this service in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shouted a big amen. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. Put your hands together one more time. Tell them you love him. Okay. Thank you. You can be seated. You can be seated. I, uh, well, hello, family. It's good to see you again. Um, man, it's been a while. Uh, I could probably count the to the day, actually, at this point. Uh, the last time I was with your pastors in person, they were with us in Denver the weekend that the pandemic broke out. And uh, we were in the middle of a pastor's conference, a little pastor's thing we do called encouragement. And there was about 60 couples there. And it was amazing. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the Friday session, everybody started looking at their cell phones. I don't know if you ever seen one of those movies where like, like the Navy SEALs are out to dinner and everybody's cell phone starts to buzz and they all get up and walk out. I'm preaching, we're doing stuff and like everybody just walked out. Everybody just ran home. And unfortunately, most of them didn't, didn't have to go too far, but your pastors had to go to another country. And so they landed here and got quarantined in prayer, amen, in prayer for, all, for two weeks. Because we know that's all you were doing was praying and interceding for the house and for revival. And so we wanna thank you for those prayers. Um, but they got quarantined. I haven't seen them since that weekend, and uh, it has been a ride, hasn't it? And I know that I'm on a schedule, but when I get here, I always tend to ramble just because we're friends and we're family. And I was just thinking about all the crazy things that have happened in the last couple of years, because it's not just pandemics. Like, have you watched? I mean, like, wars are breaking out around the world. You know, there's floods all over the world. There's fires. Australia had, like, a million acres of land, or no, it was way more than that. It was way more than a million, but they lost like 300 species of animals from the face of the planet. And then one day in America, at least all of a sudden we woke up, there were murder hornets. Do you remember murder hornets? We're flying around stinging people and killing people. I'm like, hornets, murder hornets. You know what I mean? I was stuck in my, <laughs> I was stuck in my house hiding from murder hornets for months. Um, but it has been, but do you know, did you know that through all of that, that Jesus is still on the throne? He, listen to me, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and when, when God, when we go through stuff, God is just getting us ready, ready for something big. He really is. Jesus does not, does, Jesus does not, uh, he does not social distance from you. He does not, he doesn't wear a mask, by the way. He, 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 the Bible says he took off the veil. Come on, somebody. He took, he took off the veil pulled it down so he could see who we really were on the inside, not just the fake person we want to be. But, uh, but there's, there, is a, there is truly a move of God on its way, and I believe it with all of my heart. But, I mean, it's been a fight. Like, it's not like this has been easy. This has been a fight. And, and I think that when God's people, you know, when we're forced to fight and we're forced to 
uh, to push back on the enemy a little bit and, and believe God. You know, we're not the first generation in the world to go through things like this. And when you study church history, you realize that after every major global event, there has been a global revival. There really has been all over the planet, different countries. You can study it out if you want. It's a great study. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about the future. It hasn't been easy, but I know that God's moving. And and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having me this weekend. It was, you know, this is the second time I've preached after a wedding. So that's, so do you have, if you have any more kids, I'd love to come back. Um, it's good to see the family that's here today. It's good to see Elena. Um, where's Elena? She's not here? I came all this way. She's not here this morning. Oh my gosh, I thought we were family. It's okay. Um, but it's good to be here, and we love you so much. Of course, my wife, he didn't tell you what happened to Donna. My, my wife, we, we all had COVID a few weeks ago, and um, it swept through our church, and our entire pastoral leadership team, all of our worship, it was devastating. So on Sunday morning a few weeks ago, it was just me and my two daughters, and they're still with me today. They are the sole survivors. Come on, bringing <laughs> revival to the world. I want to introduce my daughters to you. Uh, this is this is Kaylee and Tessa. Can you please stand and say hello? Kaylee was actually, she was in the wedding this weekend. Kaylee's our youth pastor. And, um, and Tessa is uh, one of our operations directors at the church and plays bass. And they're with, they're, they've been with me for now for a few weeks as everyone else just keeps getting sick. And we came in on a Sunday morning and it was just us and we ran the church. It was quite a moment. But Donna, they say that after, after you've had COVID that you can stay positive with a, with a PCR test for up to three months. So she had had several uh, negative regular tests, just the rapid test. I mean, we didn't think there was any problem. She was, we were literally packed and on our way to the airport. We were on our way to the airport when she got her final test after like four or five negative tests. Because my family, we don't do one test. My family is out of test control. They are, they are like so, we're, we are so, because there's so much going on in our lives. I mean, there's tests. Do you know how much tests cost me? I had to take a second mortgage out of my house <laughs> just because my family is so paranoid of all the tests. I mean, test results are coming in, negative, negative, negative. We get in the car. The suitcase is in the car. We are pulling out of the driveway when Donna gets her last test, and it was the one that mattered for the airport, and it was positive. And so she's home. She's watching online today. So please say hello to my wife, if you wouldn't mind just saying hello to Donna. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And just for the record, um, you, you, you can't just wave. <laughs> so she waved. I don't know if she could see you, but she, she waved. I don't know. It was a strange, it was a strange moment. Um, so... And then it's like, come and preach for us, Pastor Doug. Okay, great. What are you speaking on? Oh, it's a special offering Sunday. For real. Okay. So, yeah, so no pressure there, everyone, you know. Uh, take the special offering in a global pandemic. Not a problem, Pastor. We got this, okay. Um, so, I think most churches, most churches uh, who have been around a while and they have some settling, they've had some years to settle, they start to take special offerings. And this is the season of special offerings. I think that that most churches bumped theirs a little later this year, and I'm not sure if you did, but we ended up bumping ours until just a couple of weeks ago, uh, just because of everything that's gone on. So there, there is a season of this in the body of Christ right now, and I think it's really important. <clears throat> I think it's important that we learn how to give, we know how to give, and I want to talk about that just uh, for a few minutes here. But I am believing um, there are some things that you cannot budget your way out of, you can only sow your way out of. And there is, a, there, is a, there is a spirit of reduction. There is a spirit of minimization on the house of God right now. And, and, and I think globally there has been a drought. The church has been shut down and closed down and minimized. And, and I think that when we look at it, you can get kind of discouraged. But I believe that generosity is actually one of the keys that will break us out into the next level of what God wants to do. Now, here, here's the thing. Okay, so as I, as I preach this morning and I, I start to take the offering, I want to tell you a few stories and I, I want to read a few verses and, and tell you a little bit about our journey. Um, 
because generosity is absolutely, without a doubt, probably um, one of the, the largest supernatural aspects of our journey. And so as I tell some of these stories, and I don't know how many I'll tell, you know, I, I, I just, I want to try to keep it as real as I can because we're going somewhere with this, but, but we, we um, when we left Portland, Oregon, almost 12 years ago, we left with uh, 12 unemployed baristas because that's all Portland has is <laughs> unemployed baristas. And so we all moved to Denver, Colorado together, took our first offering. Uh, Ikea had just opened. There were 12 people in my living room. And I was so excited. I told somebody, go down, get the buckets. I think I told this story a couple years ago. Go get the buckets at Ikea. You know, because it used to be Kentucky Fried, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, it's my phone. It's my wife. Hold on. She's, she's calling. She's calling. No, there's no boys here. Honey, don't worry about your daughters. It's all good. Um, so, but I, I said, go get some buckets. So they went and got these metal Ikea buckets, and they passed to 12 people metal Ikea buckets in my living room. And, and how many of you know that if you can hear the offering when it hits the bottom, it's small? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we handed the buckets out and all of a sudden it started to make all this noise because they were Ikea metal planter buckets. And every time I could hear it, I got scared and nervous about what have I just done? I just quit an incredible job at a great church and a, you know, a youth ministry that we loved and I, I'm hearing change at the bottom of the bucket. And so when you fast forward 12 years, okay, so now, and I don't always talk about these stories, but when you fast forward 12 years and all of our properties, three properties are debt-free and paid for, and we don't have, we don't have a single dollar on a credit card. So I want, I want you to just hear this this morning. There's something so powerful about generosity. And I think that the body of Christ is getting ready to go into a season of, of revelation when it comes to what generosity is. Because you're a generous church, and I know that you always have been. Like, you always have been a generous church. But I think with each season, we have to look at what is happening in the church and in the world and go, no, we're going to break out of this thing, and God's going to move. And we have to make sure that we use every tool. But for us, generosity has been a really big deal. We have given all of our money away more than once. And I'm gonna tell you at least one of those stories this morning. And when I say all of it, I mean our church, we emptied our bank accounts down to the last penny and gave it all away with no ability to pay our bills. So it sounds crazy, right? Except that I still have three properties, the top, the, the most strategic properties in the entire uh, metropolitan area of Denver. We're in the middle of the city with and I, okay, now, I, I want you to just, I, I'm trying to be really careful because I don't want to sound strange or weird or like, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound arrogant or funny. I want you to remember the metal bucket with like $6.90 in quarters and change, right? And I want you to fast forward to $50 million of paid for property. And I, I want you to just, because now I say this, and again, I have never even said that at a church because I've never been asked to come and preach at somebody else's special offering. <laughs> so I don't even, I literally don't know what is gonna come out of my mouth. And I'm so nervous, even my daughters are nervous right now. Because there's some stories you can't tell because if someone's level of revelation isn't ready to receive it, it actually can bring condemnation on them instead of revelation. And so I'm just telling you, you just lost a building and I'm hoping to God that today in the name of Jesus, you know, just the, just the deductible as I came up here, what's the deductible on the building that just got wiped out by the flood? It's $25,000. And I'm believing that someone in this room this morning will pay the deductible on that building. And then some of you were like, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Please, Lord. Well, let's, let's, start, let's just start the story and we'll, we'll, we'll run through this, okay? Whenever, I, whenever you speak on generosity, there's usually a few different groups of people in the room. Let me just kind of walk you through that for a second. The first group is this, people who have given in special offerings their whole life. My wife and I have given our whole life. There's never been an offering, I don't think ever in our entire marriage, in our church when we're visiting, there's never been an offering where we didn't give into the offering. So there's some people, they've done this their whole life, and they understand the theology and the blessing of participation. 
Like you get it, all right? That's probably most of us here today. Then there's another group, people who have never given in a special offering, but they're willing to if they understand it. And I don't think the body of Christ has done a really good job at explaining finance or special offerings or giving. I don't think we've done a great job. I think we've done all right. I think God's good. But I think we need to be better at it in this current season and generation. But they're willing if they get it. If they understand the theology and the goals, they're they're totally willing to give. and, And that's a beautiful thing. And then there's another group of people, people who have a theology that keeps them from giving. There are actually people who have a theology that fights what the Holy Spirit is doing in their hearts in the realm of generosity. There are some people who have a theology that tithing is under the law, and I'll talk about that in a minute, and that you're not supposed to give, and that evidently the church is just supposed to be here for everybody and pay for everything all the time, and nobody ever helps. And they just come, and they, just, and they treat the church like a renter instead of an owner. And they end up trashing the place, and then they leave instead of taking responsibility for everything that happens in the house. That's what you do when you own, right? So that's just the reality. There's some people that just like, the Bible teaches against generosity. I don't ever see that, by the way. What I see is that God put his son on the cross and gave his son generously for all of our sins. I think that's the standard for generosity. I think it starts with Jesus, but it's a high standard. I hope you pay for that, Mike. We okay? All right. So, no, so then there's another group of people. There's some people that don't feel like they can give because they don't have enough. And I think this is really important because my wife and I have been there many, many times. You, I'm telling you so many times. And we've always found a way to give something. It's not a lot, but it's something. You know, the something offering. You know, it's the woman who puts one coin in the bucket, because that's all she could afford. It's all she had. But I think that there is a lesson in Scripture that teaches us, no, we, we do. We can, we can give something. And we shouldn't compare ourselves amongst the, ourselves on where we're at and what season. And, um, and, and if this is your house, I hope that you'll do something this year, because I think that God will bless you. And then there's another group of people, and I love them. They're the people who are visiting for the first time and are thinking, shoot, I showed up on our special offering Sunday. And there's usually a few of you, you know, and um, God bless you, you know, I'm glad you're here, you know, Uh, but there are a few people like that because they always feel like, like there's people in our church that literally think all I do is preach on money because I did a three-week series and they came three weeks in a row. And they're like on the third week, all they do is preach about money, you know, they're just like hammering me online. I'm like, no, I preach about it three days in a row, but this is the thing that will keep you from staying in our church so you can just keep doing your journey around until you find a church that fits your small spirit. Okay, so whenever, (laughs) I'm just getting warmed up and I'm looking at the, okay, so, so there is a, There are two things that are supposed to happen when you preach on generosity, okay? Number one is there's supposed to be a transformation because generosity is about transformation. It's not about the money. It's about the transformation of the heart. And we'll get to that in a second. And the second thing that's supposed to happen is that giving should always be a connection between a heart and a house. So when you look at scripture and you read through the epistles and you follow the apostle Paul, he, he was trying to build churches. He was trying to get people to build churches and healthy houses. And when he talks about finance, the majority of the time he's talking about special offerings. Jesus actually assumed that people tithe. He just made that assumption and he, and he actually undergirds that in a couple of stories when he says, you guys tithe on everything, but you don't help the widows and the poor. He says, you should do the former, but not forget the latter. And he just kind of assumes that people understand that it's our job to give in the house. And then most of his teachings are actually on money. He actually teaches on money more than any subject in the New Testament, more than prayer, more than salvation, more than the Lord. He, Jesus, Jesus deals with it in every single, every single story of the Bible. Actually, more than two-thirds of the parables have to do with possessions, all right? So, but he's trying to connect a heart with a house, and he's trying to deal with the heart in the realm of transformation as he goes. So let's talk about transformation for just a minute. Transformation is when something internal is challenged resulting in transformational change. 
So there's something that happens. When you find Christ, there's something that happens on the inside of you, and there's a confrontation. Now, a confrontation isn't always like come to, come to blows. A confrontation is when your sin meets grace, and grace wins. Confrontation is okay because there's something happening on the inside that needs to happen. A famous verse. I'm going to give you four verses. These are the four verses that, that we have adopted in our generosity world. Matthew 6, verse 21, and you know this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I have found, without a doubt, 100% of the time, and I just want to say this, okay, I just want you all to hear this. 100% of the time, without a doubt, 365 days a year, almost at 30 years of, of full-time ministry now, people who give in the church become the people who walk with the church season after season after season. And when things get tough, you know who's left? That's why 60% of churches in Canada and in the United States, 60% of churches are at 40% to 50% of attendance of where they were pre-pandemic. And if you do the study, which I have done a little bit, and I'm reading a lot, the people who stayed are the people who gave. The, and you're going to see this. You're going to hear about it more as you go in the future. The people who gave, who know how to give and be generous, are the people who have stayed in the churches. The people who don't, who don't give, who just have no problem, just taking off. All the renters just leave. So there's something very real. Giving is always a hard issue. It's always a hard issue. It has been from the very beginning of time. Even tithing and, and giving and special, it's always a heart issue. God's, God talks about it in scripture over and over again. He's trying to get to our heart because he knows mankind. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So he's trying to work on our hearts all the time with possessions and giving. And it goes all the way back even to the first tithe. Now, I'm not preaching on the tithe, but as an example, the very first tithe was given in Genesis chapter 14. And in Genesis 14, Abram, before he was Abraham, Abram uh, had God kind of move for him, and he wanted to say thank you to God. So Abram actually gave him a tenth of everything that he had as a response of gratefulness from his heart. So the very first tithe was given as a response of the heart. And so for people who say that the tithe is under the law, it's not because Abraham gave the first tithe and set the tithe in place 400 years before the law was ever written. So the tithe is not under the law, it is pre-law and it is a response of the heart. So it's always about the heart because there, there can be no transformation without confrontation in the heart. There's no such thing as transformation without confrontation. This, this is the, the first time this happened to us was in the first year of our church plant. We planted the church. The church was growing. We were like 120 people, and one day we got robbed. And I mean robbed, we lost everything. I mean, we didn't have a bucket, a metal bucket. We didn't have kids' signs. We didn't have instruments. We had nothing. We're at a hotel, and... We show up and we have nothing. We lost about $180,000 worth of gear. Someone had been watching us and learning about us and then they cut through some fences and cut off a bunch of locks and brought a fifth wheel in and hooked up our trailer and left. Now I have another story about how I got some of that stuff back later because I found it at a nightclub and I went in to just show them my moves and I went, you have no idea what's coming down right now with all my, but we'll, we'll save that for the next wedding if you guys have more kids. Um, we got everything stolen. And we had people on the street waving their arms. Now, I want you to understand, everything that we had was gone. And there was no money in the bank. We'd spent the money to launch the church. We're standing there with nothing, nothing. And, and as people were walking into an empty hotel room, the Lord spoke to me. And I knew this was God as hard as it was put everybody in the room. And I actually have a photograph of this. I have a, of a picture that someone took. Um, oh, I should have brought it, sorry. But it, it's an empty room with me in it crying. So <laughs> the Lord speaks to me and says, says, if you'll do what I ask you to do, I'll bless you. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said, there's another church plant launching up the freeway. 
I want you to put everybody in the room and I want you to take the biggest offering that you've ever taken and I want you to drive it up the freeway and give it to them when you have nothing. So I took an offering and at that time we took, it was like a $3,500 offering, which might as well have been 350,000 in that moment with 100 people. We took a $3,500 offering and we took it and we sewed it into that church. And they didn't know. They didn't know where we, where we were at. You know, they, didn't, they just thought we were being generous, which we were. But as we gave, something happened inside of me. Because when you have, sometimes when you have nothing, you can't be transformed until you can go a little lower than nothing. With nothing, nothing. Like nothing times three or four. But something happened here. Well, you know what? We move on with life and then something else happened. Generosity transforms the size of your world. Let me explain this. Generosity is not about what you do or don't have. It's about where generosity leads you. I went on a journey with generosity and I've never been the same. Proverbs eleven twenty four: the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so when, when I meet people and they're stingy and they're small-minded and they don't want to change the world and they don't feel like they, they can do anything, I just, I, I realize sometimes those people have never been generous. Generosity is kind of like the thing that gets in you. Like people, people are like, why are you so positive? It's because I have an antibody. It's called the generosity antibody. And every time your stingy spirit gets in my head, the, the generosity antibody goes after it and kills it. <laughs> the grumpy... Thing, I got an antibody for that. The judgmental spirit got an antibody for that. The critical spirit got an antibody for that. It's called generosity. People are mean to me and I bless them. And I mean literally, the people who have been the hardest on us, the worst to us, I just bless them. And I love them. And over 12 years, it's paid off. One day we had a church planter walk in. I didn't know he was a church planter until he walked in. I didn't even know him. Didn't even know what he believed. Could have been a Mormon. Who cares? He walks in, I find out he's there, and I see him and I call him up front onto the platform. They're freaking out. He said, I'm gonna do for you what no one ever did for me. I'm gonna pray for you in this city. You're in the city and we're gonna bless you and we're gonna give you an offering because we'd already given one offering when we had nothing. Now we had something, so we've got some momentum. So we gave him a $3,500 offering. They were crying, prophesying over him. They leave, God's good. And I'm fast forwarding because of the time, but then the word got out that if you go to the Pearl Church, and you're a church planter, they will give you, they might, if they find out you're there, how many of you know people are like, how are we gonna let them know we're here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, can't wait to visit, you know, um, on the 22nd, <laughs> first service. Um, <laughs> the word got out that if you, if you will do this, if you go visit, maybe they'll give you an offering. So another church planter shows up and I find out. So we give them an offering and I'm thinking, that's kind of funny. And then a third one shows up then a fourth one, then a fifth one. 39 churches later, as of last week. 39 churches later, we went from a metal, angry bucket to being able to, church, to, to bless 39 churches in a row. So... Generosity, generosity also increases what I call your store of seed. I wanna give you one of the most important verses in scripture that has to do with generosity and you've all read it. And I think he preached on seed. I didn't see your, your notes, but I think he preached on the seed. But generosity comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Now, now watch this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase. Now look at these words, your store of seed. Most people don't know what the store of seed is. And it will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, verse 11, and you will be made rich in every way. Now look at this, so that you can be generous on every occasion. I never want there to be an occasion where I can't be generous, ever. I don't ever, I, I don't ever wanna be in that spot. And so I can't plan my way into that. I have, it comes from my store of seed. And, and through us, your generosity, everyone say generosity, Okay, will result in thanksgiving to God. So we think that generosity, even when it's hard, might get us crumpy, but it doesn't. It brings a spirit of thankfulness and gratefulness into our hearts.
It's incredible what it does, but the store of seed. Every year, the farmer takes a store of seed from that year's harvest, and he takes it out in the barn, and he hangs it up on a hook, and he just puts it there, and that's the seed for next year's harvest. What we do is we get tight, things get rough, and we eat the seed. And if you eat the seed, then you have nothing to plant next year, and so you have no harvest at all. But if you can hang on to the seed and have faith for the seed, then next year you can pull a little more out of that harvest and you'll have a bigger store for seed. The offerings, the tithes is our store of seed. And you can never have a supernatural harvest without a supernatural store of seed. And so when we give, it's saying, no, we're putting this aside. This belongs to the Lord for the harvest. And because we sow, scripture says, there will always be enough. Um, just, just a couple of weeks ago, just I have two more stories, maybe three. A couple of weeks ago, because we live, we live in this, this world of generation, we, we literally live in it. My, my team, they have to watch me, man, because I give money away, like, without even, on accident sometimes. I'm just like, and they have to watch me, you know, and our, we have an agreement with our leadership team that we're able, I'm able to give certain amounts of money. Anyways, we live in this. Because I live in this, I know God's going to come through, always. So we had a bill that came up a few weeks ago, and um, it was $36,000. It was $36,000, and it was an electrical problem in the building. I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? And I was like, I don't know, but God's going to come through because we've, we've sewn into, like, how many churches we took care of. We paid entire other churches, entire staff salaries for four months during the pandemic all over the world. We probably paid staff salaries for five to seven churches. I can't even remember that. We just took care of their whole staff when, they were, when, they were, when it was rough because we had enough store of seed that we could just continue to sow in an even greater way. And so the next morning I come in and somebody just walked through the door and dropped off a $15,000 check. I don't even know who it is. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. We prayed and then a $15,000 check got, got dropped off and that was amazing. We're high-fiving in the hall. And then, um, then the next night is a prayer meeting. We're have, just having a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. So we had a prayer meeting and while we were praying, um, it was good. I felt like God was gonna pay the bill and, and I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my thing, believing God. The prayer meeting ends, everybody leaves. I'm hanging out on the platform, kind of moving some stuff around, helping the worship team. And a lady had been waiting. She comes up to the, to the platform and she says, oh, hey, um, the Lord wanted me to give you a message. And I said, okay, what's the message? And this, this is a lady I've never really had a conversation with. She said, the Lord says, great job with stewardship. And because you're a steward, the Lord told me to give you this. And she hands me $20,000. So now in three days, I've got a $15,000 check. I've got a $20,000 check. And now I'm only $1,000 off. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. The electrical fire of God is moving. And so then I go to a, I go to an, I'm on my way to another church for the weekend to speak. And they were having an evening time where they started their legacy. And they don't have a legacy. They just called all their business people together. Just get in there and encourage. Oh, no, they told their speaker, get in there and encourage everybody. And, and I was just a guest. And I was like, yeah, I'm friends. I'll come hang out. There was no offering plan. Anyways, I'm on my way to this thing. And their speaker gets sick, gets COVID. As I'm pulling into the parking lot, he calls me and says, our speaker is sick. Just speak. I said, right now? They're gone? He's like, yeah, just, I don't even care what you speak on. Listen to what he said. I don't care. Pray, prophesy, speak, have Donna sing. That always fixes everything. Just have her sing. If you know my wife, just have her sing. It's all good. I was like, okay. So I go in, worship starts. All of a sudden, God speaks to me and says, and says um, it, it was in a banquet room. It was like this banquet thing that they were starting their ministry. As I walk in, the Lord says, um, tell them some stories and then pay for the banquet. Um, so I'm like, there's, there is no transformation without confrontation. So worship's going on and I'm getting ready to speak. And so I walk up to the pulpit and I'm like, and they've never had, this is a brand new church a year old, right? So I get up there and say, hey, everybody, let me tell you some stories. I believe you're gonna have a great legacy ministry. God's good, great legacy ministry. It's gonna be good, proud of you. Let's go. I preach and then I get to the end and I'm like, yeah, and the Lord just told me that I gotta pay for your banquet. So just to put a, 
I just, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the money, I'm going to tithe on the 36000 that we got, so I'm going to give you $3,600, but I'm going to round it up to 4000 so that we can just believe for the overflow. I gave them a $4,000 check, gave them a $4,000 check, and they were like blown away. And then the meeting ends, and I leave. He calls me on the way home. He's like, you walked out. And people started crying, and they started walking up in the banquet hall and handing me checks. They just started giving me checks, and the first one was $25,000. And one person came up and said, we need that spirit in our church. And they just kept coming. So how much did you get? He goes, I don't know, but we're at $60,000 with no offering. See, this is why I have to be careful. I got to be careful because I'm not like, I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Just not that guy that was a youth pastor. I paid for everything for hundreds of youth for 15 years. We were broke. <laughs> I'm the guy that can't speak on money. I'm the guy that's horrible at taking offerings because I always feel guilty if I'm taking an offering from a kid. I'm like, no, I'll buy you whatever you want. And why do the parents, by the way, parents don't ever send your child to an event with no money because you know who's got money. And the last one I'll do here is, I have a few, but I will just do one more. Generosity transforms the purpose for money. Money's the means to an end, but we've made it the end. We really have. And I think there's something in our faith that has just been tragically messed up. Um, you know, 30, 39 churches later and, and just missionaries all over the world and we're taking care of like you guys are ministries in our city and you guys have you have your local you have your your regional and your global we have the same thing and we're constantly the bible talks about it the bible says that that a fruitful healthy vine will go over the wall maybe you've heard that so a healthy church goes over the wall and they bear fruit that's what this is today um but it transforms to purpose for money. Now look at this. Give, Luke 6, and it shall be given to you. You know this, good measure, pressed down. In other words, put it in there and shake it and get all the air out and just keep going, right? Pressed down, shaken together, running over, and will be poured out into your lap. But look at the next part of the verse. To the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. This is the part that we miss. And so... I'll just end here with the story and we'll just, we'll just call it good for the day. Um, we had given away a lot of money uh, about three years ago. Uh, maybe a little more than that. We just, we just had people that needed something and we had faith and so we were, and I mean, like guys, it was tight. I, I don't mean like, oh, they gave, I mean like we were having prayer meetings in the office to pay payroll on Monday, but we had given our money away. So we were sitting in a meeting and uh, we had $26,000 in bills in bills due on Monday. This was a Thursday. It was a budget meeting. And we're just smiling and laughing, you know, because we've been through so much. And we just given away a bunch of money to a bunch of churches in Africa. And people were like, well, well all we got is pay the bills. We don't even have to have anything in the bank. Just pay the bills. So we're laughing. We pray. And I said, how much is the bill? And the guy, Elliot, he, he goes, it's $26,000. It's payroll, rent, everything, that's what we need. I was like, how much do we have? He's like, we have $7,000. No, I think it was five. Anyways, I said, okay, well, that's a problem. And, and he goes, yeah, he goes, let's just pray. So we grabbed hands and we prayed. He had his computer open like this to our bank account because we're looking at the bank account and he had his alerts on. At the end of the prayer, we were kind of laughing and smiling, like, God's good. We'll figure this out. I'll, I'll take an extra long offering Sunday. And we can be five days late on the mortgage, you know, so maybe we'll have an extra five to God will come through. And we'd never been late on a bill. But like, we'll get there. While we're, while we're kind of laughing, like, what are we gonna do? The, his computer pings. And I said, what is that? Now, keep in mind, we had just given away maybe $100,000 of our money. $7,000 left. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He goes, he goes, somebody just gave us five grand. And I'm like, come on, five more of those and we can all eat <laughs> on Tuesday. Like for real, like we're fasting as of right now for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. And then we're laughing and it pings again. And he's like, no way. 
I'm like, what? He goes, somebody else just dropped five grand in. I don't even know who they are. I've never heard of them. I'm like, Jesus is sending messengers. I'm trying to be prophetic. It was horrible. <laughs> and within 15 minutes, within 15 minutes, okay, I want you to check this out. But here's what happened. While we were in the middle of the prayer, this is the point, a pastor calls me on the phone. See, he calls me on the phone. We're praying, calls me on the phone. I'm like, what's up? He's like, we're in big trouble. I need, I need at least $5,000 or we're gonna be destitute. Our church plant's in trouble. I can't, pay, I can't feed my family. I said, what? And they're praying. And I was like, you, you need how much? He goes, five grand, seven grand. I almost left the whole point of the story out. So after the prayer, I said, hey, this guy wants the rest of our money. And then Tasha, our ops pastor says, Tasha says, well, God's been good to us so far. Let's just, let's just give it to him. I said, pull his website up. We pulled up his website. We took all the remaining money from our bank account and we moved it onto his website and our bank account was empty. We had like a hundred bucks in it to keep it open. We gave him all of our money, ping, 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 ping. $36,000 in 15 minutes. Now listen to this, from that moment, after, after seven, eight years of sowing and giving and, and helping the city and 30-something churches at that time and believing God and just believe, you know, just generosity crushing our, our heart and then putting it back together again, a new level of faith. It just being, and from that day, our bank accounts have never gone down from that moment. And from that moment, we have acquired three properties, all debt-free, and we've been a Joseph in our city and been able to bless and help churches, come on, from all over the region and around the world. And nothing, nothing, nothing can replace the spirit that you have when you get to be generous. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Listen, um, no, I'm just joking. Everybody stand to your feet because I'm done. I'm over time. I was trying as hard as I could there, but you know how I am. Uh, sure, you can take it. This is what I want you to do. Now, listen, I, what, what, I'm, what I'm asking you to do today is consider the transformation process that happens in here. It's for you, but it's also for this house. We, we went from being broke to being a Joseph, where people just come in to our storehouse and we just are, have been feeding them during a famine. But we haven't, I mean, we're the same people that we were when, when we had a metal bucket. A little, a, little, a little transformed on the faith and generosity side, you know? Sometimes we just gotta get down and give in our nothing to see what God can do with it. We like to say, oh, God can do something with your something or your little or your, God can do something with your nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to consider this today, to dig deep. Now, I want you to take the envelope. Is there an envelope? Yeah, actually, I have an envelope. Let me, I have an envelope. I'm gonna sow into your offering today, all right? So we're gonna sow into your offering today. This is our envelope, and um, we're gonna believe with you. And it's a scary thing when your daughter has your credit card number and it's like not even an issue. And she just, I don't know how that happened. Uh, prophetically, she just got the credit card on here. Um, but we're gonna sew and we're gonna believe. I want you to take this envelope and I'm gonna hand this off to pastor. Take the envelope in your hand. There's one on the floor. It's around, is it somewhere around them? On the, on the seat. I want you to grab this and I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna ask you to give today. This is the store of seed that is hanging on the wall for what God wants to do prophetically in this house and in your life. This is the store of seed. We're putting it aside so that God can do miraculous things. Let's move today into the miraculous. Let's move into the spirit of the miraculous and let's see where generosity takes the house. Can I hear an amen? I want you to lift this up like this, put it up in the air, and I want to pray for you. I want everyone to have one, even if you're not giving today, even if you're visiting, because I want to pray for your finances as well. Hold this up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace, and I thank you for the store of seed. 
And today, Father, we give generously. We give in faith that you can do something with anything, even if it's nothing. And I pray for this house, Lord. I pray you would move them from a, a house of, of a healthy house and a house that, you know, that's God's moving, but there's another level. I pray, Father, that there would be a Joseph spirit upon this house. I pray, Father, that churches and pastors from the entire region will come for wisdom and help and, and finance. I pray for the money for this other campus. I pray, Lord, that that would come in today, that that, that whole deductible. I pray, Father, today, as we lift up our envelope, this is our store of seed. In the name of Jesus, open our hearts, open our minds, and speak to us, Jesus. As we give, speak to us. This is not under duress. It's not because we have to. It's because you are calling your people to sow our way occasionally, and this is it, sow our way into the next level. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for all you've done. I pray, Lord, that this house would have all that it needs to do everything when you call them to do it on every occasion, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you'd bless them. And church, I want you to pray this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I hold my store of seed in my hand, and I sow it into the kingdom for a supernatural harvest in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now put your hands together and clap for your pastor and for Jesus. I love you guys. Hey, you, you may be seated real quick. I'm gonna give you the instructions. Thank you, Doug. Hopefully you're not just like emotional, but you're inspired at the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. So if you can put on the screen, somebody who's up in some room somewhere, put on the screen. We have some directions there. Okay. So if you're giving today, you can allocate it to just Legacy General, and we will allocate it uh, uh, at our council level to all the various needs. Um, or you may want to actually allocate it to local or to regional, which is primarily church planting, or to global, or pledge today. Now, this is something, oh, this is going to be interesting. If you're going to look at, there's a card on your seat as well that has on the back local, regional, global, and then it says My Legacy Pledge. Uh, and uh, we're inviting you because Doug talked about this. I don't want anybody to miss out on the opportunity to give this morning, but you might have not prepared to give today, but over the next 12 months, you're going to say, I'm going to pledge to give between me and God, and, and we're going to give you an opportunity to throw it into a bucket at the back in a moment. Uh, we're not going to track you. You don't need to write your name on it. We're not going to send collection agency after you, nothing like that, simply so that it helps us to plan, number one, but it also makes you take a step. Because I've, I've been in places where God called me to do something, and then I leave, and then I think, I don't think God said that. I think that was just me or something like that. So we really want you to uh, take a moment and write there uh, all the needs that we have. I, I said last week, you can, you can partner to plant a church in Thailand for 300 bucks. Like young adults, three of you could get together over the next year and plant a church and make a difference in the world. You say, I don't got enough. You have enough for Starbucks, you can plant a church. Just a thought. You can buy a cow that's gonna feed about 15 widows for 900 bucks. You can do it. Somebody could do that. Maybe two families could get together and say, we're gonna sow and we're gonna help little uh, young people that maybe will have not just uh, get by, but this will make the difference for them being able to do that. And there's all kinds of things. Somebody could sponsor all our night shift meals for 5,000 bucks for the whole year. Feed, a, feed 100 people every Friday night. Let them be touched by the goodness of Jesus and get food and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I don't know. What else? You can do it all. We just need to raise $119,782. $50,750 local, 12 grand regional, 57,112 plus. Uh, we don't need to raise the $25,000 because somebody already texted me, said they're going to take care of it. Yeah. Go to the next slide. You know, there's golf clap. <laughs> like some of you are just like, it's pretty cool. It's awesome, 25,000 bucks. Oh, just say it. 
there's a golf clap, and then there's like, we Canadians, we know how to cheer. Okay, okay. Yeah. Somewhere under here. I gotta see the text here in a moment. They didn't change their mind yet. Nope. <laughs> I said it. Okay. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But so if you wanna give, no, online you can do it, horizonfam.ca, click on giving, and there's options there for legacy general, legacy local, regional, global. Uh, e-transfer, uh, just giving at horizonchurch.ca uh, through your e-transfer. If you don't know why that is, don't do it because, yeah. You, so giving at horizonchurch.ca and send a note with it where you're going to allocate it. Cash, check, or debit in the room. There's uh, a way you can line up at the back. There's ones uh, over there and one over there, some giving stations, cash, check, or debit, uh, to debit machines. And what's the last one? Mail or drop it off at the office. There's a mail slot there. Um, yeah. Pastor Terrence, can you come on up over here, please? Yeah. So this church, uh, I was going to have them come up because they're uh, a little bit homeless right now. They don't have a building. They are, we're in a building. A whole bunch of stuff came down. And uh, they are actually have a line on a building up in North Surrey. So we've been talking about that and praying and seeing what God would do. And uh, their church is the one that texted us this morning and said, we want to sow into 25,000. We don't have a house. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, just a moment. Okay, settle down over there, love Chris. I just want to draw a contrast for a moment. The people giving the money are pumped. Okay. God loves a cheerful giver. Giving is so much fun. And some of you are going to get to participate in it in a moment. Pastor, uh, Pastor Doug, can you want to come? We're going to pray. Oh, we're going to pray in a moment here. This is just off script now. So wherever you are, I want to pray for Terrence and Julia and the work of God that's in their hands and in their heart. Um, you stretch your hand out towards them. And they didn't do this so i get them up on the stage. I would already plan to do that. It's not a $25,000 entry fee or anything like that. <laughs> Honestly, we just want to see what God has placed that's in God's heart be manifested in our city, in our region. I'm going to pray. And then, Doug, if you've got anything, you just as well. Lord Jesus, we thank you for love question church lord thank you that's what's in your heart for them lord jesus and lord every obstacle that is not of you lord thank you that you are blowing through it right now in jesus name thank you that you are making a way where there seems to be no way thank you lord and <laughs> these floods give a wonderful image lord of rivers in the desert that overflow that overflow and just just far beyond what we could ever think, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for a supernatural activation, a supernatural harvest, supernatural ways and means of the purposes of God moving in and through uh, Terrence, Julia, the team here, Lord. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth in this region as it is in heaven, Lord, that you would have your way in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, lift your hands up here one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray over pastor. I pray, Father, for their church. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven. I pray, Father, that as they sow and as horizon sows, as we all sow, that this would be a revelation and a transformation. Father, that would cause them to walk, all of us to walk a journey that we've never walked before. A supernatural walk of generosity that, that enables us to see the power of God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on this house. 
uh, I, on both these houses. This is, this is for both of you. Come on, this is for both of you. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on these houses. I pray, Father, that there would be a wind of the Spirit that would blow through the, the, these houses and there would be a transformation taking place that, that they could not have planned for, that they couldn't even have prayed for because no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor mind ever conceived the glorious things that God has in store for those who love him, for those who trust him, for those who believe him, for those who walk after him in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that there would be something new and fresh started. Come on, in this whole region right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that the churches would begin to come together like never before. There's a supernatural seed on this platform that is gonna bear fruit in the name of Jesus. It's gonna be one at a time, one church at a time, one pastor at a time, one group at a time. But Father, we have each other's spiritual back by sowing and believing and understanding the power of generosity. I thank you, Father, for both these houses. I pray, Father, for miraculous, miraculous giving in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, all we know is that we serve a mighty God. Come on, we serve a God that is a mighty God. He sees all things. He's above all things. Come on, the world is yours, Father. The earth is yours. Come on, Father, all that is in it, the Bible says, belongs to you. Jesus, we love you today. We love you today. Bless these houses in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. All right, Horizon Church, come on, stand to your feet. Horizon Church, stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. So I know this is like a long service. This is what happens. This is kind of old school, you know what I mean? Like, this is feeling good. Like, old school was like three-hour services. We got an hour left. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I love, I love the kids' ministry people. Um, Horizon Church, listen to me. Listen to me. If a hundred of you give a thousand dollars, we're done. I, I I think that some of you should try to do more than that. I we're we're giving in this offering today. I, I how much did you say? A hundred and what? A hundred and nine twenty thousand dollars. I would like. Come on, how many of you can believe that we can do hundred and twenty thousand in cash and not try to wait twelve months for the whole thing? Because that's what happens. We I, I believe that we can get the whole thing today. A hundred and twenty thousand dollars so that you guys, so that you guys can start sewing over the wall because when you do, something is gonna happen. I'm telling you that prophetically and I'm telling you for your house as well. Let's do the whole thing today. Okay, let's do the whole thing. Dig deep, come on, so deep. This is a new season in the house of God in the name of Jesus, okay? You got anything? You got anything? I just wanna tell you guys um, just a couple things. Um, I read this story last night about uh, Pharaoh when Moses gave him an opportunity to ask, when do you want the plague to end of frogs? Here's Pharaoh's answer. There's, there's frogs in his bed, frogs everywhere. And Pharaoh chooses to say, God, deliver us from the frogs tomorrow. Why wait until tomorrow? for what God is asking you to do today. And then lastly, I just wanna remind you and your faithfulness in our church. Why are we sowing? My wife is probably watching. The moment you said, someone's gonna sow that $25,000 today, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I told my wife, I said, God isn't telling us to give this seed. He's actually presenting us an opportunity. And what I do know is August 1st, this couple came into our house and said, first of all, they gave us direction and told us we're gonna come up to an abrupt corner and God is telling you to make the corner. And then he, she said, it's gonna go, he's telling you to go right. And she said, you need to look into what right meant. We were in downtown east side and the Lord said, it's east, which was Surrey. And we, we're having church in this small little place. We went from a 400-seater to 100 seats. And we're just packed in there, believing God. But you can't house, um, the presence of God is within us. So it don't matter where we go, wherever we go, wherever the double river goes. But what she told us is on the other side of that turn, that foggy season, the king tide, this is August 1st, 
the king tide will hit your church. A flood, a flood will hit your church. And so for the last two nights, let me tie it up. We've been having what we've called flood the valley in your church. Your church have allowed us to house a flood. And what I want you to understand is God will give you a word and say something is happening spiritually in your life. So not only is he going to flood Love Quest, but he also presented us a flood to sow into. You better hear what I'm telling you. If you want the overflow, you have to give overflow. Oh, it's gotta be a scary seed if it's gonna be an abundant harvest. And so I just speak abundance over you. Thank you so much for presenting us this opportunity. We honor you. We're sowing into you because the words of God, you have given us direction in a pandemic. And we say thank you. And we say thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Three preachers on one stage. That's dangerous. Okay. At the back, wave their buckets at back there, the people with the buckets. So there's going to, you can drop a pledge card or a, an envelope. If you need to give at a uh, station back there, one on my right, one over there. They're going to sing us out. God bless you as you go. Rejoicing the opportunity to sow. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.